bleeding in the first trimester um, and lost one of the twins, but the other twin survived. And gosh, like I couldn't even start a walk rental over, I think it was four and a half months postpartum. Welcome to part two of Lauren Andrews' amazing story. If you guys missed part one, go back to the last episode that aired. It was an epic story about her as a young adult and how she got through some serious struggles to find herself and find herself as a runner and how talented she was, but more so how she overcame these things mentally and started to use them to her advantage. And the story is super inspirational, but also very entertaining. She's just a very good speaker and a very good storyteller. And it will pass some time on your long run if that's what you're doing or boring stare repeats. That's a weird example, but that's the one I used. Today, we're talking to her again, and it is the second half of her interview where we get into her pregnancy journey, her postpartum struggles, miscarriages, and ultimately uh, prolapse surgery, which was the first time we've heard about that on the show too, and just sort of stressing the importance of how much you really do need to do in order to get your body to run again postpartum and all of those kind of details. So huge thanks to Lauren again, who shared so openly and honestly, and I loved hearing everything that she had to say. One of my favorite guests today, for sure. So if you want to leave us a rating and review, please do that. Love that. If you want a backlog of um, episodes, they're on the Patreon. You can find that link in my Instagram at hillsport55, where people keep sending me messages and offering guests and all that good stuff too. So thanks so much. Just want to take a second to thank our newest sponsor, Johnji Apparel. So Johnji is dedicated to exploring, connecting, and giving back through running. I started chatting with them and learned more about their mission, which is expanding access to clean water in places we run around the world. And I was pretty stoked to learn that they actually give 2% of their proceeds from every Janji purchase and 100% of the proceeds from every collective membership fee to clean water initiatives. They make trail and road running essentials focused on sustainability, durability, and performance. So some of the shorts that I got to try from them were the multi-short and the trail short, and they have five or more pockets to support full-day adventures with the ability to carry your phone, gel, sunglasses, anything, you name it. But one of my favorite things is the colors are absolutely amazing. So you got to go check out their super bright colors, their patterns. It's so much fun. They have a five-year run everywhere guarantee. So if it rips, tears, or breaks within five years due to any defect or workmanship or material, they'll repair it, replace it, or give you a store credit. So again, they were founded on the core belief that water is a human right and 2% of top line sales go back to supporting clean water organizations around the world, which I just cannot stress how awesome that is enough. So if you want to try out their gear, head over to janji.com and use discount code TRW15 and you will get 15% off your first purchase. Okay, that's all for the introduction for Lauren's second episode. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. It is emotional. It's funny. She is such a great speaker, and I think everybody is going to learn something from Lauren. So here she is. Okay. So you touched on it a little bit. Then you get to COVID and pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it feels like, too, in a nutshell, like you're really kind of finding your identity as a runner, too, and then mm-hmm. faced with all of this life stuff that happens in our 30s. And you're giggling because I feel like, yeah, that's what happens. So tell us, tell us a bit about 
you know, your pregnancy journey? And I know that's a loaded question, but. (laughs) Um, So COVID hit a few months after that last race. Um, I'd actually had a surgery too that did not go well. It's a long story. I won't even go in there. It wasn't a sports injury, but um, long story short, I almost died um, in a hospital and then came out of that and was like, I'm going to go and do all these things in life I've wanted to do, but haven't had the courage to do. And so I booked a trip to actually go train in Kenya. Um, Again, my coach at the time, she had gone and trained in Kenya and had said, like, if you ever have the chance to do it, go. And then COVID hit about a week later. And so that got canceled. Um, And during COVID, um, I continued to, I got back to running, continued to train we moved back to Vancouver, found um, very quickly friends to train with here. It's an amazing, amazing run community here. Um, and then, you know, that little bug in my ear, right, of like, do I knew I wanted to be a mother, but it's so hard as an athlete, in particular in my case where I'd never had that collegiate experience or post-collegiate, like I was just for the first time ever feeling like I was starting to unlift um, the cover on what athletically my potential could be. Um, and then at the same time was kind of confronted with this idea of, I know I want to be a mother and when in the world am I going to make that happen? Um, and so we, so <laughs> I accidentally actually um, got pregnant <laughs> and it wasn't, I mean, in our case, we were kind of like, okay, we know we want to have a family. If it happens, it happens. But even in my own head, and this is <laughs> words of warning. So I was training pretty hard doing some, I think pretty, um, you know, large amounts of mileage and intensity. And I guess I had my cycle every month. I've never missed my cycle, but like, I guess in my head, I thought, it can't be that easy, right? It can't be that easy to get pregnant. And I thought it might be more difficult than it was. And I was very fortunate in that I conceived quite quickly um, and got pregnant and then um, ended up telling some of my training partners and my coach at the time um, I was pregnant, kind of just continued training at like a lesser degree and then lost that pregnancy. So for me, my, I suppose, challenge, um, with, you know, and everyone has different challenges, wasn't on the conception side, but was on the pregnancy loss side. Um, Mm -hmm. And at that time, it was summertime of 2021. And I remember like, you know, just, (laughs) and like, I guess, trigger warning or, (laughs) you know, whatever we want to call it here, like I'm about to talk about um, pregnancy loss, but I didn't realize I was eight weeks pregnant at the time, like how physically and emotionally, awful it was at least for me like the physical side of it was like way worse than I I guess thought I thought it would just be like a heavy period and it was harder than that for me I felt like it was almost like a mini like mini labor in a way um and like when I lost it like I could see the like it was just really um I won't go into too much detail here but like it was just really more like in my face I guess and I realized and like I felt like I'd known people that had had um pregnancy loss in their first trimester and like um, no one really talked about like the realities of like what you see or like what it feels like. And then worse than that was like the emotional piece. So I think for me, um, the grief was really like 
surprisingly um, strong. I certainly would not have expected to feel so much grief. Um, everyone knows miscarriage is very common. Like, you know all of that, right? And that yet when it happens, not everyone, but many women and their partners experience a lot of grief. And yet it's really hard to process it because you never even it's just, it's a really tricky thing to grieve, right? Because it wasn't like you're grieving. In my case, I was almost grieving like the future, I guess, or like the idea of where my head was at about like in, you know, seven months from now, I'm going to be a mother. Like we're going to have to think about like where the baby will, like all of these ideas you start getting, even though, you know, you haven't really told many people and all this, it's still like a huge loss. And so at that point I knew I'm going to try again. We're going to try again. And so we tried again and got pregnant. And then I actually got pregnant with twins and it was like a really high risk twin pregnancy. Um, and um, I was told you're going to have to end up living or being really close to the hospital at about 24 weeks pregnant. And then we're going to do a C-section as like late as possible, but probably not past 32 weeks. And so then I'm looking at like all of these, you know, sort of all this information around the type of pregnancy it was and, you know, going down the Google rabbit hole, which uh, everyone says don't do, but everyone does. <laughs> and then had issues again with bleeding in the first trimester um, and lost one of the twins, but the other twin survived. And then the pregnancy, there was a few hiccups along the way, the rest of it, but um, ended up you know, very, very, very fortunate to stay pregnant. And I ended up having now my son Everett, um, who was a twin at one point, but um, it feels like, you know, I guess like that's for, you know, there is for each of those two pregnancies lost, like there was a heartbeat, right? Like there was out of, you know, three heartbeats, one of those has survived. And I've since talked to other women, like um, someone that I coach who, you know, has been pregnant nine times and has three actual children, right? So when you ask like, how many times you've been pregnant or how many kids do you have? Like, it's a really tricky question because a lot of, a lot of females have been pregnant more, many more times than they have, like, say a, a child <laughs> that you see with them. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, um, just like the whole process of, I guess for me, like getting pregnant and then having a baby and now becoming a mother. When I went into it as an athlete, the biggest problem I thought I'd have was like the timing around, okay, well, I guess it will take, uh, you know, nine months of pregnancy and then what, six weeks, uh, postpartum will start running again. And okay, well, that's about what, 11 months or something out of my normal training. Right. And I was kind of trying to calculate it like timeline style, like, like as if I was like a, project manager making a Gantt chart, you know? And in reality, it's like, we have no clue. Everyone's journey is so different. And for me too, on the backside of it, gosh, like I couldn't even start a walk rental over, I think it was four and a half months postpartum. Um, and I'm getting surgery actually on Tuesday to correct some issues with my pelvic floor that I can run on right now, but are just still bothersome. And I have chosen to get surgery to just kind of deal with it once and for all. So you don't know what we're going to get into. And women, I think the conversation as athletes at first is like, okay, well, when will we do it? How long will that take? But that's kind of like just skimming the surface in many cases on like some of the complexities, let alone say friends of mine that have had you know, God forbid, like, and like 
you know, bless the hearts of these families that go through this, but like children that are born and have um, health challenges and all of that, right? Like you just don't know what life is going to look like um, when as, as female athletes, we venture into this path of trying to start a family. <laughs> um, and it's so much more than just accounting for sort of a standard pregnancy and then whatever they say to take off postpartum six weeks or now I think it's 12 weeks. Like it's, it could be much, much longer than that um, and much more difficult. But I will say, because now I'm making it all sound pretty, pretty horrible. <laughs> I will say that I don't regret any of it. And that um, becoming a mother, like it's, you can't, there's no words that can describe the joy and the just like no race I will ever do ever. I don't care if I win a gold medal at the Olympics, which I will never do. But if I did, that wouldn't even compare. Like, you just can't even compare it. Right. So um, it's like worth it, but it's also been a lot more difficult than I would have expected. I was on mute for most of that, but I definitely laughed out loud (laughs) multiple times. It just, yeah. Like we're like, okay, great. So it's nine months. Oh, surprise it's like 10 months that you're pregnant for and then this like oh yeah six weeks you're good to go like no not even close not even for anybody because I mean my midwives explained it so well to me that even though your body can feel good you have like a huge scab inside of you Mm -hmm. that needs to heal and you can't see it and you can't feel it and if you start running you're jarring it and you're just never going to get better and it can come back to haunt you years later um and there's just so much that isn't talked about or that we haven't been taught. And I mean, first of all, also thank you for sharing your experience about miscarriage, because that is also so true um, that people have been pregnant way more than we know. And it's so easy to be like, Oh, when do you want to have another one? <laughs> you know, this person hasn't been trying for three years or something. Um, and so that question is so loaded and it's not like they mean any harm. It's just, it's just not talked about, I guess. Um, so thank you for sharing that story and just making other women probably feel like they're not alone. Um, and then, yeah, like I've had so many similar conversations where I'm like, oh yeah, babies aren't rainbows and unicorns. Like it's the worst three months of your life when you're trying to get like more in your old life sort of and adjust to being a mom But then I'm like, oh, no, no, wait, 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 like, same thing you did. Like, also, yeah, the lows are pretty low, but it's also a whole other range of highs Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't have otherwise got to experience. So it's just a total roller coaster, but the highs are so good that it's definitely worth it. Um, But it's just, it's wild, the whole thing, for sure. And I know people who have been on Instagram, like, yeah, I was able to run again right away and like, woohoo, back to pre-body weight and stuff. But then like, you know, some of them have secretly had prolapses that aren't talked about. And it's mm-hmm. like, whoa, 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 we need to be pretty honest about what your body goes through and not try to put pressure on each other to do this quickly. Uh, that's what I had. Like I had three types of, and none, like all grade ones or twos, but enough that like the prolapse, like that it was extremely, like I would (laughs) like the first three months postpartum, um, 
I, for cross training, which in hindsight, to be honest, like, God, like it's so, I didn't realize how exhausted I would feel by like three, four months. So I just started, you know, after maybe the first few weeks, like hiking and stuff like that again, um, which I, to be honest, don't even know if I were to have a second, I would bother doing (laughs) because I don't think it really makes a difference nine months down the road, but I probably did it more for like reconciling identity than even just the physical effects of cross training. But I would like hike up grouse and I ended up, (laughs) I couldn't hike back down because even, even going downhill um, was too like uncomfortable, right? Like it actually felt like something was going to fall out of me. Um, And it's this invisible problem. I remember once I was on Salt Spring and I was staying at a friend's with a really steep driveway and I'd walked up and then I tried to walk down and um, this like wasp or something was sort of buzzing around me and I couldn't run away from it. And it stung me because I, I couldn't run at all. I couldn't like quickly walk down the hill um, because of the the pelvic floor injury. Right. And now thank goodness it's, it's continued to heal a lot more, but I still have enough issue that my specialist and, and physio both thought, you know, surgery could be sort of help you leap, sort of make that final jump to much more um, sort of, I guess, and hopefully a, a more normal feeling. I don't think it will ever feel like it did before, but not all women have pelvic floor problems either postpartum, but gosh, I, I know more women that have not had those issues and then gotten into running at six weeks or 12 weeks or whatever, whatever it is their physio says is the right time to start. And then four months or five months or six months or even a year postpartum get like a serious bone injury, right? Because it's just so you're spending so much more energy too being a mother and often our recovery is compromised um, because, you know, we're caring for an infant, right? And so even if not pelvic floor problems, um, I mean, gosh, if you, even if you say adopted a baby and weren't breastfeeding at all, I feel like even then you would be at risk of an injury because you're losing sleep. I didn't sleep longer than an hour and a half at a time for probably two months. And then it was not until about seven months postpartum that Everett would even sleep like through the night. Right. So like, and some women it's longer, their babies take longer. And so just that alone, like if I was say coaching an athlete and they're like, Hey, I have this job where like, I only get to sleep for an hour at a time, or I have this job where I haven't had eight hours of sleep or seven or even six hours of sleep for like a year. Can you help train me for like, you know, serious running goals? I'd be like, no, like come back when you can get like proper sleeps because if you don't have good nutrition and good sleep like there's no way that I would reasonably add on like marathon training right (laughs) and yet as mothers we like almost normalize it we're like okay let's do that first race back even though I haven't had a full night's sleep in like six months right (laughs) so it is kind of crazy how like we ourselves almost normalize it when it actually, like if it was someone else I'm coaching or something, I'd be like, that's insane. (laughs) 
Just want to take a quick second to thank today's sponsor. We are brought to you by AG1 from Athletic Greens. So I started taking this product in the summer. And one of the things that I talk about in race season is how valuable it is leading up to races when you want to start bringing down the amount of fibrous fruit and vegetables you are taking. So to know that I'm still getting all of the probiotics and prebiotics that I need for optimum digestion, as well as all the vitamins and minerals I would be getting from all of the greens and the fruit without having to worry about as much digestive upset on race day is so important. I also feel hydrated, energetic, and like I am getting better sleep and recovering quickly from my workouts, all things that I want to have checked off on my list of variables that I can control leading into a race. And then all I have to do is go out there and have fun. So it's daily nutrients as well as long-term gut health that is kind of the key that I am after, but it is way more than just greens. It's a key product that has multivitamins, minerals, prebiotics, and more working together as one so your whole body can thrive. One of the coolest points that I did not know is that AG1 has been huge in the market with athletes since 2010. So that's quite a while to perfect everything that you need. So if you would like to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP. That's athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP to check it out. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, I was definitely guilty of it too. And you're sort of just like, oh yeah, I'm going to get back to me so fast, but like, kind of how you said before, you don't have to get back to you. This isn't like wasted time where you get back to where you are. You can just sort of accept your new life. And I know it's easy to say that now because we've experienced Mm -hmm. it, but it's okay to not go back. And I, same thing was hiking up gross grind and doing all the things. And now I'd be like, oh man, like that baby time, newborn stage is difficult, but it goes so fast. And like, I just wouldn't even bother. I would just be like, I'm lying in bed today and I don't care. (laughs) And that's okay. Like it's totally okay. And then the other part of it is even weightlifting and all of these things, like your pelvic floor has to be super engaged. Mm -hmm. And I think when I finally went to a pelvic floor specialist, they were like, no, no, no. Like you are doing five pound dumbbell deadlifts what like 12 weeks in to mm-hmm. get your pelvic floor back you're not going to lift a heavy weight that's not how this is going to work and that was a huge issue for me too because I do normally do like heavy lifting I think it's really beneficial for all athletes especially female endurance athletes and I didn't heavy lift at all for I think at least the first 18 weeks postpartum. And so I, you know, did lose strength. And I think when you think about, okay, so you're not heavy lifting, you're probably not getting your cycle back yet. You're exhausted. Like, I don't see how any reasonable athlete can add in any serious amounts of run training until you cross all of those off the list first and not only start them, but are doing them consistently without any sort of um, relapse or like increasing severity of symptoms, right? Because in my case with um, like issues around prolapse, you know, when you Google like prolapse, no joke, the solution quotation marks is don't run again and don't heavy lift again. And I find it ironic how as a female athlete, you know, we're told to heavy lift so that we have, um, you know, better bone density and better muscle and tendon quality and 
and all of those benefits we see, you know, like Dr. Stacy Sims talking about and all of that. And then yet, then yet we're now told you, you shouldn't be doing that um, in some cases permanently. Right. And so I've essentially refused to um, buy into that, but had to really be patient around it and then started heavy lifting not heavy lifting, but lifting again, um, and then eventually heavier lifting. Um, and then was doing that for about six weeks um, before I started doing a walk run where I was running like 30 seconds at a time on like a grass field. You know what I mean? Like it was very um, graduated, I guess. So I did do a fair amount of like cycling and uphill hiking and stuff like that as actual like from a cardio and like leg strength perspective, like workouts and then adding back in the running and heavy lifting was very like graduated. Um, and so, yeah, I think like, you know, it's, it is interesting because um, sometimes there's almost these like two conflicting messages to, to female athletes or, or mothers around like, okay, you need to heavy lift. So you stay healthy. Or then it's like, but don't heavy lift. If you have pelvic floor issue, just like, that's not the answer either. Right. Like the answer is like, usually like a slow, slow, slower than you want progressive overload (laughs) with a lot of physio (laughs) and sometimes like further intervention than that. Right. But I mean, God, yeah. Like I was following a lot of professional runners who had babies and were like back running whatever 30 second, 200 or something like two or three months postpartum. And I kind of thought like going into pregnancy, I mean, to be honest, I thought I'm athletic. I am driven. If you're athletic and you're driven, you can get back to it fast too. And that is simply not the case. Like no amount of athleticism or self-will or motivation is going to honestly save you from, if you have a very difficult childbirth, like I did and have pelvic floor injury as a result of you know, pushing out a human being um, (laughs) out of you, like, which is incomparable to any race will probably ever do, you know, then you have no control in a way over like, like I did all the baby prep, I did all the prehab, physio, everything. And it still happened to me. Not to say don't do that, because I think it does um, reduce the risk. But I think I had this idea that if I do it all right, like it's like training for a race. If I check off all the boxes and I do it all right, then I won't have that issue. Right. And that's just not the case sometimes, not just with this, but with anything in life. Like, you know, I had no people that have gotten, I don't know, like cancer and they're healthy and triathletes and whatever it is. And they still, you know, sometimes just shit happens. Right. And I think for me, that's been a huge lesson in life in general is, I can, I still am learning that I cannot control my future by putting in necessarily more effort, right? Like nine times out of 10, it helps you, but there is the, there are those cases where, where acceptance of, to a degree, almost just like that's what happened. And, and now I'm going to live with it, right? Um, Cause I had so much anger, so much anger over the summer around like, why me? Why did this happen? Every other woman I knew didn't have it that bad, this, that, blah, blah, blah. And it's just pointless because, well, it happened. And now you're going to do the best you can do to rehab this so that you can run for the rest of your life. But it's going to mean like, I have no races I've registered for 
this year. Other, well, I just did the St. Patrick's Day 5K with the stroller, but like, you know what I mean? I have no like big like <laughs> goals or anything this year because I'm just going to see how my body does as I continue to rehab, right? So yeah, it's a, it's all these things we go through um, in life as athletes or mothers, like they allow me to see it. If I see it from the front of this is allowing me to grow as a person, it's a lot more helpful than I see it as a front of why did this happen to me, right? Like flipping, flipping it there. So yes. And I, I mean, I'm just loving everything you said. I did not think we were going to talk this long and you have another. Meeting. I know I have to go. <laughs> So I'm like, you have to go. We need to run together now. <laughs> I know. I was going to say that. Um, and also, like, I think you just nailed on the head. I just want to reiterate that one word. It's like acceptance. Like, you yeah. just don't outsmart this. You just have to accept that your body's going to be different. And you got to tune it out and just ride it out and see what happens. But I promise it is also very short term in the long run, right? Like, so many great things happen in your later thirties and all of this stuff too, that like, we just don't have to rush the process. We just accept it and, and go. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Okay. So last question before I let you go and you've touched on so many things, um, already. And there was so much amazing advice, but, and this is a totally different last question that I've asked anybody else, but if you could like give one short piece of advice to female runners, Mm what do you think is the most important thing you've learned with all of your experience? Forgive yourself. Um, Forgive yourself for anything you feel you regret doing or you have shame about, or you judge yourself for, you judge others for, or, or you're running away from, or you're running to try to prove to, right? Like forgive yourself for all that shit. Um, because I think especially female runners, they can be so hard on themselves. There can be so much, um, insecurity, I guess, wrapped up in it. And, um, the insecurity is based in not feeling secure and that we're worthy of being loved. Right. And so, um, yeah, like I think, you know, I can talk about things that are more physically specific to female runners. Like we hear them all the time, but I think the root of it for a lot of us is actually forgiving ourselves because we're so hard on ourselves. Um, We all mess up and we all make mistakes and we all have thoughts that probably aren't always the healthiest thoughts and forgive yourself. Cause the sooner we forgive ourselves, the sooner we can actually focus on like who we really are. Right. And um, with that, I think forgive yourself and think about like, think about like, I often think back to like some of the most joyous memories I have in childhood as a little girl. And um, you know, obviously we have a, a sort of some ignorance and we're still children, but like, I think back to that and like that feeling that I'd had is like what I now strive to feel when I'm like running a workout, right? Like a lot of people get nervous for workouts or nervous for this. And I'm like, it's fun, right? Like I did one the other day and it felt so freeing to be able to just run and like get myself breathing heavily, like to be able to like, get out there and you're breathing heavily. And sometimes it feels hard. Sometimes it feels easy, but like 
that type of movement and freedom is something that I think as kids we do um, innately almost, right? And then we grow up and we almost fear it, you know? So like, um, forgive yourself, I guess. Um, I know that's maybe not like (laughs) specific advice on like specific female things, but um, I think a lot of us women are, we're just really hard on ourselves and we can prevent a lot of our own problems we have with um, all sorts of things. If we actually kind of got to the core of, of a lot of that emotionally. No, I think you're absolutely right. I love it. Um, I think that's an amazing piece of advice and everybody can benefit from that. So you have to go. I want to thank you so much for your time. This was so amazing. It honestly might come out in two parts because there's too much good information to absorb, I think, in one go for people. Um, but quickly, if people want to find you on Instagram, plug yourself oh uh, and then thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day. Um, well, if you want to see photos of my baby on Instagram, <laughs> you can check it out at Lauren Andrews 604. So like Lauren Andrews 604, because when I made that, <laughs> I yep. thought it was pretty cool because of the Vancouver po- uh, area code, but like no joke, like words of warning, it's like 90% photos of my baby. And then if you scroll down far enough, you could see photos of me running before I had a baby too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm exactly. hoping that like over time it will balance out a little bit more, but I'm definitely in that like phase you see. So Yeah. proceed with caution (laughs) (laughs) okay well thank you so much this has been an absolute pleasure and um yeah have an amazing weekend and i can't wait to follow your journey oh thank you hillary yeah i'll message you offline and we can hopefully make a plan to meet up in person i'd love to meet you in person 100 thanks so much this was fun bye bye